As always, our show is sponsored by Memoria Press. You can find our curriculum at memoriapress.com. Welcome to Classical Etc., a show from Memoria Press that dives into the philosophy, culture, and heart of classical education. You're in the studio with Shane Saxon. Welcome to another episode of Classical Etc. On our last episode, we discussed the trivium. Now we're going to discuss the quadrivium. But before we do that, Martin, I've always wanted to ask you. <laughs> Uh-oh, this does not sound good. If you had to go to a desert island and you were abandoned there, what book would you take with you? I have about 20 I'd like to take in a large crate. Um, which can is we how assume I usually transport my that books? the Bible would be? I, I will, do we going to take the Bible out of this? I will. Aside from the Bible, I would, from the Holy I, would, uh, I would go along with G.K. Chesterton's answer to this question was Robinson's Guide to Practical Shipbuilding. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Now, aside from his, his practical shipbuilding book, any, any book that you would take to the desert island to be your companion? Well, of course, and we, normally when people ask that question, they, they say, you can't say the Bible because everyone will say the Bible, yeah. which I would say too. Uh, it, it, I think it, that's a given. Uh, right. Yeah, it's a given. Um, I got uh, maybe War and Peace. Oh. Because I figure I'm going to be there for a long time on this <laughs> island, possibly, because uh, if I even if I had Robinson's Guide to Practical Shipbuilding, I probably couldn't figure it out from there anyway. <laughs> and it'd be like Gilligan's Island, you know, uh, they never come back. That's right. <laughs> that's right. They never get so, saved. So it's a long book. It, 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 it so uh, have you read it? War Peace? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't know if this was like, if finally I get a chance to read. Well, you, you, you wouldn't <laughs> want to bring a, a book to the, a desert island that you hadn't read because you wouldn't know that it was good. Right, right. So it'd have uh-huh. to be something you would had read. <laughs> right. Yeah, true. Paul, what about you? I think I'd have to go with The Count of Monte Cristo. Mm. I should have seen that one coming. Yeah, you should have. You should have. Because look, you're going to be struggling with... The idea of I, I God has put me on this island and I'm abandoned here, and I feel like that's you, the Count of Monte Cristo deals with, you know, what is man's role in relation to God. I think it's I think it would be very fitting. Mm. Mm. Tanya, that is so hard. It's a tough question. Um, I think I would take Jay Burkrow mm. because I just feel like there's a lot of wisdom in it and I think I would need <laughs> need that to get through. Um I I would like to take characters. Like I would like to take the character of Jay Burkrow. I would also like to take Armand Gamache who is my favorite character from that Louis Penny. Louis Penny. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he's very wise. I'd like to take some wise That's characters. Clever. I'd like to take Dickens, but I don't. But which one? Mm. Bleak House, the biggest one, right? Bleak House. Yeah, yeah. I love Bleak House. I do too. How about you? You know, I've been thinking about the fact I was going to ask you this question. I thought of it, thought it would be great to ask you, and then never thought about answering the question. (laughs) It's a hard (laughs) one. How do you you take your library down to one book? It's 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 And, and it's it's tough because there's books I've loved that you read it once and you've got it. So you kind of need something that challenges you over and over again. So I think on that level, it would probably be the collective works of Shakespeare. Oh, because, wow. That's a good oh, yeah, one. That's right. yeah. That yeah. would it's give you plenty one, of plays. You just one. read it over yeah, and over right. again. And there's yes. always more to, to mm-hmm. I heard one person say that 
they would take uh, the collected works of uh, Plato, his, the Socrat- mm-hmm. Socratic dialogues, because they have that same quality of mm-hmm. continually unfolding new. But I think it would need to be a story to really make mm-hmm. it through those cold. So I will take nights. the collected works of Charles Dickens. There you go. It would there be this go. big. I don't know if they've even, do they have, there's do they print no that? way. There is no way. <laughs> Who would print that? I mean, how would you carry it? <laughs> right. The world's treasury of literature. Uh, yeah. So today's topic of discussion is the quadrivium. Now, last time we talked about the trivium, which are three of the liberal arts. The quadrivium are the other four of the seven liberal arts. Now, before we get to this discussion, Paul, we're going to reference a chart that we referenced on the trivium episode. Could you describe the chart to anyone who would be listening and doesn't have the chart directly in front of them? Sure. So in the realm of education, we break that down into, into two areas. We have the arts and we have the sciences. So by arts, uh, we mean the skills and by sciences, we mean content. And under the arts, we have a division between the liberal arts and the fine arts the liberal arts being grammar, logic, rhetoric, and what we'll talk about today, geometry, arithmetic, music, and astronomy. And then we have the fine arts, which are things like architecture, sculpture, painting. You can reference the chart for further elucidation of more fine arts. And then in the, in the division of sciences, so we've kind of gone back up to the top level, of the top division between arts and sciences. In the sciences, we have two... Or we have a division below below that, which is the moral sciences and the natural sciences. And the moral sciences would consist of literature, history, and philosophy. And the natural sciences would consist of uh, physical sciences, earth sciences, and life sciences. Now, I would say, I would like to offer clarification here, that this chart is not exhaustive. And so, for example, under philosophy, um, there would be things like ethics um, logic, metaphysics, uh, et cetera. Mm-hmm. When you say the liberal arts, I don't think most people think of geometry or astronomy or arithmetic. Why are these four skills the quadrivium? As Martin said in the last podcast, uh, this is a quantitative reasoning. And I think that the hardest thing I think for, uh, for us moderns to understand is how do music and astronomy fit into quantitative reasoning? Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was helpful to be when it was explained um, in my education, in my education, I was, I actually was taught the medieval liberal arts and arithmetic is the art of, uh, discrete it has to deal with discrete quantity which means you know one to two it's you've got that jump uh, geometry is is the art of continuous quantity so shapes circles you know uh lines that don't have um you know that that aren't separate right there's a continuous quantity there and then uh music is the application of arithmetic you've got those discrete jumps right and and you uh just the thirds and octaves and all of that stuff. That's all has to deal with discrete quantity. And so it's the application of discrete quantity. Whereas in astronomy in the, in the classical sense was taking what we knew about shapes and so continuous quantity and applying that to the natural world. So applying that to the stars and, and the planets, um, in, you know, Ptolemy's 
ideas of of um, retrograde motion, all that sort of stuff, to explain. <laughs> but right, but for the Greeks, right, uh, the the circle the circle was the, the 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 a perfect motion, right? So the only so they wanted to explain the heavens based on perfect motion. And so it had to all be circular. And so they had to come up with ways to explain what they saw. Let's pretend like I fully understand the phrase quantitative reasoning, but I need you to explain it to me as though I'm a third grader. Or you, Tanya. What do you mean by quantitative? You and Martin have both used this phrase, which is obviously very easy to understand, but what does it mean? <laughs> it means um, how much I, is the answer to the question, how much or how many, hmm. as opposed okay. to what kind? Can I ask a, a question? Yes, please. Because I all, and maybe we covered this in my class and I just didn't take good notes, but what I'm wondering is, so we have astronomy. What about the rest of science? Where's the rest of science? It's, it's not it's a science. science. It's, it's an art. art. Oh, good gracious. <laughs> okay. So where's science then? It's over here. Science is over here. It's and not part sciences. of these. It's not part of the quadrivium at all. There's no the, science in, oh wait. Have does, the graph in Wait a minute. <laughs> So does the science belong up here? Uh, Tony's Where's doing a science? tremendous job play acting as someone okay. who doesn't understand the trivium. But I, yeah, explain. Why do we typically think of astronomy as a science, but it's actually a liberal art? And what uh, Paul, happened? Paul left Where's reference physics? it, but he was going so fast. Uh, it's, like, it's, like, it's like music. So okay, this stuff's not over here? No. It's like music, okay? Music is both an is 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 kind of an art but it's it, it's it's also i mean like a lot of things it, it, it it's it's also a science it, it, an art answers the question how a science answers the question what so when we talk about music specifically as an art are we talking about something different than well, what I we're talking really, about as a I was, I was, I was kind of i was confusing things there actually it, there are I, what 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 uh we're not talking about is the other kind of uh, art that there is, which is a fine art, mm. arts, arts that you do for their own sake. Music it appears in two lists. It appears under a fine art and it appears under on your the chart. liberal art because um, music in, um, in the liberal arts is, is more like musical, no, musical notation. It's, it's that quantity. There's a quantitative, very definite quant When you read music, there's a very quantitative aspect. All it's time uh, it, you know, it's, 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 it's mathematics and time. But also, right? also with the tones, right? And so, yes, uh, some people refer to that not as music, but as harmony. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And well, whereas music in the fine arts is actually playing an instrument. So, so things can appear in different, in different, uh, lists here, but, um, astronomy in, in the liberal arts is simply the application, uh, of geometry. Thank you for repeating me, Martin. Right. Well, uh, yeah, well, you you got it from me originally, anyway. Uh, so, so astronomy is as it is defined there. It may be defined differently over here as a science, as a natural science, which is the observation of the stars in the sky. Okay, uh, but astronomy is a liberal art. It's simply the application of of geometry, which is uh, continuous space. So, look triangles, circles. Uh, you know. The areas, this sort of thing. Dig into that a little bit. Are we using the word astronomy differently when we talk about it as a liberal art yes. and part of the quadrivium and when it, we talk about yeah. the body? Of, so, they're so, related, so, but so you're not in the liberal art, right? With, with the skill you're trying to, to, to acquire in studying astronomy, 
is not does not have to do with constellations or planets, right? It, 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 you're not trying to know how to identify Orion in the sky or or you know the Big Dipper or whatever. I mean, it you is. can. I mean, you can use it for that purpose, right? And the, we, and, I think the, the reason the ancients used it for that purpose is because they thought that the planet that, that the that they b- believed the whole, that everything in the universe was actually that orbits were circular. Uh, right. Everything was circles, right. and they were perfect circles. Right, so but you apply geometry to it. But with stars, they're constant, mm-hmm. right? So the application of geometry to the heavens, right? But the heavens raised, were concentric spheres. Basically. Yes, but but that application would have done more. Would have had more application when it came to planets than stars. So that's why I use constellations. Right. And I yeah, I should yes, have said yes. that the, you know, Ptolemy's, you know, concentric circles. Right. Everything had that perfect circle. It was a perfect circle or it was a perfect, uh, you're using these concepts of geometry where a triangle is a three-sided figure and there, there's some perfection to it that Plato talks about a little bit. Um, but when you're talking about modern astronomy as we know it today, uh, in in science, that's a different thing, I think, than we're talking about is an astronomy. Right. Just, just to have an astronomy class doesn't mean that you're you are teaching the liberal art of astronomy, right? So so the the principle I think behind the ideas of music and astronomy being in the quadrivium is that we are trying to apply quantitative reasoning. Okay, meaning the the ability to to reason with shapes or with number and apply that to the natural world that's that's the that's what's trying to be communicated by saying that there, that music and astronomy are part of the quadrivium so let's test if your explanation was effective tanya what would be the difference between <laughs> astronomy as a liberal art and the science I have of no astronomy no idea i am totally so, where's this stuff? <laughs> so, so, so let's go back. It's to, just not even part of this at all. Let's go back to what we said when we talked about the trivium last podcast, right? So, when we're teaching grammar, logic, and rhetoric, right? We're, we're there's content coming from literature, history, philosophy that we're we're using in here. Yes, I've got that. And, and there's 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 overlap going yes. here, right? It's it's the same thing here, right? That. When we say the physical sciences, so in the natural sciences, and we have physical mm-hmm. earth and life sciences, and over here in the liberal arts, we say that we're teaching astronomy as a, a way of teaching this kind of reasoning, right? Where we're reasoning with, with continuous quantity, uh, shapes and whatnot, then there's content that is being overlapped out of the physical natural sciences. Can I use an analogy? I think that Tanya will understand in our, in our education of Tanya here. Okay. Reading. You have two things in reading, right? You have the skill of reading, mm, phonics. Yes. Right. And then you have actual reading. Yes. Okay. So if you were just to look at reading, you would say that phonics is teaching the skill of reading. It's not reading. Right. It's the skill you need that's related directly to reading. But then when you actually, that's the art. Okay. But then when you actually go to read a book, that's the science of reading. Because okay. you're pulling knowledge, you're pulling no, a body of knowledge. You're using out of the arc, phonics that you learned to pull out the knowledge. So astronomy is really it really encompasses all of the sciences. 
Well, again, each of the arts is teaching <laughs> a way of thinking. Right. Which this, then, this is not a way of thinking. This is, this is actually the natural sciences. Okay, but the, right. but the arts themselves are, are ways or methods of so, thinking. So I, I, I really don't like it when somebody says, well, you could, you could swap out astronomy with, you know, some other natural science. Um, I really, that, that really rubs me the wrong way. However. Because your definition of astronomy is not the same as theirs. Well, when they want to swap it out, they want to right. I think different. they're confusing content with with the 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 principle of trying to apply continuous quantity to the natural world, right? And Edward, this is an application of this this reasoning we we're learning in geometry and arithmetic. However, to answer your question, Tanya, about does it really encompass all of the sciences? I think, sort of analogously, you take chemistry, where the students are constantly having to balance equations, a skill that they've learned in the mathematical discipline of algebra, right? Which doesn't feature here. Algebra is really um, numerical notation of geometry. Okay. But so, so, but what you're doing in chemistry, again, is applying quantitative reasoning to the natural world by doing that, that balancing of equations. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so we are still in, in, in teaching chemistry in that way. Can't say you're teaching astronomy, right? But you are continuing to teach that liberal art, that skill of the free man of being able to reason with quantity. Okay. This is very philosophical. And I'm thinking, does, is this really even relevant Great question. Do I well, really need the to okay, know the, the this? Reason, the reason I think we need to know this now is because we've lost the old education system upon which, which was based on this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now we have to teach ourselves over again. And we're asking the questions, why? Why are we doing it this way? So to be able to break down the two different kinds of learning, an art and a science, I think is now important to us because we have to know not only to tell other, other people, but we need to know ourselves why this is important. And this is just a framework for being able to understand why we're doing things the way we are. Now, I think this seems, the, the, the whole idea of applying quantitative reasoning to the natural world seems to us like a given. Really, I would say, harkening back to Newton, right? Where the, he he starts to quantify everything in the natural world, right? And so because we've been teaching our kids Newtonian physics for the past 300 years, right? It, it's a, it, we have been explaining in the natural world to ourselves quantitatively um, in that regard, right? And we, we've been doing that in chemistry. We, you, you, so, so this, while I, I would say prior to Newton, you had to intentionally do, now it is part of the, our normal course. Well, of we, are, we are, again, more, more, generally speaking, modern people are more concerned with how questions now than they ever were. Mm -hmm. And what science is doing for us is answering the how questions of how things work. Really before we wanted, we wanted uh, more, we were more concerned with why questions, with more philosophical questions. But now 
we have all these how questions and we need to have a method by which to answer them. It seems like another value of the liberal arts is that if these are the skills that perfects a man, that they make a, a man free and that they are based on a tradition in Western civilization that comes from a lot of fruitful analysis of how humans live and, and operate, this these seven liberal arts are giving us a little bit of a taxonomy for how to understand the human condition. These are the skills necessary for a person to learn to be educated. And if we accidentally lose sight of the liberal arts, then we might start to think, well, all that my student needs are the STEM, you know, the sciences in order to be a free man, or they might, all they, they need is to express themselves creatively to be a free person. This, this taxonomy gives us a way to understand the things that are necessary to be human, the ability to apply quantitative reasoning and to, to analyze things. Do you guys think that's a good explanation for why these arts are important? Well, I mean, I, number one, I, I think they're use, useful. If we want to know why do we need to know these things, you've got two answers. One of the, one of the, one of them is, you know, does it tell us more about how, thi- how why things are the way they are? Does it explain them in a sort of a utilitarian way? And I think this does that. I have that uh, chart in the back of my mind whenever I do anything uh, in terms of you know thinking about education. But also, if we really believe that knowledge is good for its own sake, then it's simply interesting to know what what it is. What what are the distinctions that are important in the thinking about education? And that's what this breakdown between arts and sciences is. It but just, to make it more relevant for mm-hmm. me. Can you tell me how these fit into our curriculum? Math. Okay. Well, well wait, hold on, hold on. I I, I wanted mean, to answer your prior because I question. know you're not talking about the geometry class that we do in the tenth grade and the astronomy class that we do in right. the third but grade. These ideas are what's informing the conversations we're having with Tom Sculthorpe in our office. Okay. Yes. And and, and those are the back. I mean, arithmetic and geometry. There's only two kinds of math ultimately. It, it's 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 arithmetical. It's discrete number. The science of discrete number. One, two, three, uh, and then there's the geometrical, which is continuous number, spaces, areas. Mm. There's there's only two kinds. Every kind of every mathematical discipline is one or the other or some combination of both. So algebra, algebra uh, calculus, uh, those things all stem from those things, but they're being applied. Two different things. Calculus, as I understand it, is at least arithmetical and maybe geometrical too. I don't know, but it's applied yeah. to spa- space and time. Uh, yeah, so, and, so th- these yeah. these things lie behind all the other mathematical arts, which you are then using to do the natural sciences. Would it be fair to say that we typically are learning the skill that we're referencing as music in music theory classes, and that we typically learn the mm-hmm. skill? That we reference as astronomy in physics classes or calculus classes? Physics and chemistry, mostly. Chemistry. Yeah. 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 Can I say one more thing about the quadrivium? Okay, from a, from a more uh, philosophical perspective. And that is the, the reason Plato thought that the quadrivium was important, and he goes through it. You read, I think it's in the Republic. He c- talks about the quadrivium. And the reason he's talking about the quadrivium is he's trying to get us to understand that there are these universal truths that are higher than anything physically, right? And so his paradigm for that is these really geometrical things, for example. I mean, the triangle. There's no triangle. There's no perfect triangle that exists on earth. 
there are triangular things that 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 approximate the perfect triangle in his world of the forms. There's a there's a no perfect square in this. They're all imperfect. There's no square in this world. But there is in the world of the forms. And we can see approximations of it here on Earth. And so for Plato, the quadrivium is important because it, it, it the study of it helps us to see the universals and that there are universals that exist somewhere in, in math and they're, they're more clearly seen in mathematical concepts than they are in anything else. So to him, it's a very important philosophical thing to know uh, that we can know the perfect truths that are in heaven. Um, and, and so that's why he talks about each one of them specifically in the Republic. And, and since Martin was waxing philosophical, I'm going to wax practical here no, because that's what you asked. <laughs> yes. Okay. But take, for example, um, physics, okay? And we have two options uh, in the online academy, and I believe the press is offering two, right, where we have uh, introductory physics, which is more conceptual, mm -hmm. and we have uh, advanced physics, which is vector-based. Uh, a higher degree of mathematics is required, right? right? So when a student opts for taking introductory physics, which is conceptual. They do a little bit of math, but but not much. Really what we're doing is sacrificing the application of, of mathematics, of, 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 of the study of quantity, of quantitative reasoning to the natural world because all we're saying is you need to understand these concepts, not you need to understand and use apply them. The, the quantitative reason you have and apply that to those concepts, right? And so I'm not saying that nobody should ever do that. I'm saying by no, having these distinctions, we can make that decision knowing, okay, in physics, we're not going to do that, but maybe we're going to make sure that we do this in chemistry. We're going to make sure we do this in some sort of geometrical context, right? Where we're trying, we're going to make sure we apply this to the natural world. So the, just having these distinctions helps us make more informed decisions about what we're going to do with a given student. Can I also say that it's the, it's the trivium that best prepares us for the moral sciences. And it's the quadrivium that best prepares us for the natural sciences. Those are the skills that, that most closely. Maybe uh, you should add that to your chart. Trivium. Mm, mm. You're going to confuse yourself. You're going to confuse Quadrivium. No, no. This doesn't exactly make the best radio, but trivium is being written under the moral sciences, which are literature, history, and philosophy. And then quadrivium is under the natural sciences, which are the physical world, earth, and life. I, Paul's I, worried about I'm me. I'm so glad this is recorded because that's going to come back and bite us. Because you're going to look at this chart in five years and you're going to go, <laughs> these, I'm this doing is these the trivium. Literature, history, philosophy is the trivium. <laughs> because the chart, as I did it, was the platonic, perfect platonic and form. And this of, is over here. I think it makes sense. Perfect sense to me now. I mm -hmm. think we should just burn the chart. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best way to resolve it. Does it make perfect sense to you? It does. It does. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll just make, I'll just print another one. <laughs> Tony, you've pointed out that having a, Deep and intimate understanding of all of these distinctions is not essential. I hope classical not. Education. <laughs> but what is the value of thinking about these concepts from your vantage point, someone who's really a practitioner 
and thinking about how to best and most effectively homeschool and educate students in schools with a liberal arts centered classical curriculum. I am really, I think my problem is that I'm trying to mesh all of this together Mm. and I don't think it meshes. (laughs) I think this is all very philosophical and we're doing these things, but not, not in a blatant way. Mm-hmm. Like they're just right. a this, part of what we're doing. The, this, these are the these are the background. These concepts. liberal, these the, are, these the, are, the, the but we're intentionally we're intentionally practicing these skills. Okay, who? Um, we're doing grammar I, by doing Latin. Yes, we're, we're doing logic or dialectic. Yes, by um, well, by I think studying I'm cool with the with the trivium. Mm-hmm. It's the quadrivium I'm struggling with. Well, you've always said that math and science you are not get my other thing, people right? to help you with. So <laughs> we're just going to say we're doing this. Okay, you just you, I don't need you just to let other people it, do right? that for you. I mean, I really don't understand. <laughs> just stay it. away from the math department around here. Yes, well, I do. I really try to. <laughs> I think a part of it is that there are certain philosophical. And then I'm over here. What am I doing over yeah, here? Yeah, there's certain philosophical presuppositions that people bring to education, and so by being philosophical, we are meeting those philosophical presuppositions consciously with different philosophical distinctions. Is that right, Martin? I think so. And I think you could take any of our programs and put them under any of those labels. So under you've got and on your little chart, which I think we're going to have to show for sure. <laughs> Under arts, you've got skills, and under sciences, you have content. So is all of our content over here, literature, history, philosophy, and all of the sciences, is that all being taught using these seven yeah, Those are the things skills. that prepare you. You have to have intellectual so, skills in order to so study. So you don't have logic history. in your content. And I think that um, Paul just put his hand <laughs> His head of sand as though he's had an aneurysm. I hope that he's okay. It will be in those, certainly. Actually. Where? Well, where um, is it? Okay. Well, philosophy is uh, you can logic. have to read Plato and Aristotle mm. and all those it's things. Logic, what about logic. traditional logic? It's it's a subset of philosophy. Okay, is where that would go. Just curious. But I think that Paul also made the distinction on our last episode that thank you, Shane. All of the liberal uh, arts, the skills there's there's content related to them. You mm-hmm. you can't divide these two cleanly um and so there's certainly content related but these are skills that you exercise and apply in the fields of sciences that are listed on the right hand side of the chart that i'm going to describe to all of our listeners as moral natural <laughs> literature physical history, yeah and earth. really when an, an art is an art because of its purpose it it's it, it is itself a science in a way i mean latin is kind of a science it's 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 a self-contained little with all its rules and all it's it, so it there are things you have to know. There are what questions you have to answer. But the purpose of it is to develop a skill. Whereas on the science side, the purpose of it is, is to develop a greater body of knowledge. It's what the purpose of it is. It's not necessarily that it doesn't, that an art uh, doesn't involve any science or science doesn't involve any art. It's what the purpose of the subject is. It's its final cause. Mm. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Classical Etc. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you liked this episode, consider leaving us a positive review and sharing it with a friend. A huge thank you to the Memoria Press Podcast Network for hosting our show. Be sure to check out all the great podcasts there. As always, I'm Shane Saxon. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. 
You've been listening to the Memoria Press Podcast Network, providing a classical Christian perspective on the world of education. To learn more about Memoria Press, visit us at memoriapress.com. To connect with us, find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.